Ghost, the wee one, mind you. Uh, it's Colin here, I've got Stu with me. Oh. Oh. What's her? Uh, hell? Oh. You with me, Stu? Oh no. Is that better? Ah, there you are. Yo, I give you, I don't know, I, I, th I was mucking up my settings when the music was playing, I'll never do that again, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no more mucking around my settings, I swear. Jeez, we're bad at this, eh? We are bad at this. <laughs> you, you, you think after all these years, we'd actually be half decent at doing this by now, but it's we still like we're stumbling around in the dark like it's day one. <laughs> That's what makes us so enduring and enjoyable, is the fact that we're still idiots after all these years. I don't think it's our fault, it's Discord. It's different every yeah. week. Yeah, Discord has its own mind. Especially when it comes to my piece of piss laptop. I think that's what, well, to be fair, we can blame Discord all we want. It's my piece of piss laptop. I really need to just get a new laptop. But I'm worried that if I do, I might get a good one that can play games. <laughs> And what's wrong with that? I'll start playing games on a PC. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of playing games then, um, so let's uh, just get into our big main thing here this week. Um, Resident Evil 8 Village came out. Um, we both got it and we have both played it. So, like, on Friday... And you got yours in Thursday, though. Mm. Uh, so here mm -hmm. we are doing a fucking timely review of a of a game. Which this is like our first. first time ever doing this. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, so I got it on Friday, started playing after work, and finished it on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would say I enjoyed it. It it. I have to admit, from the moment it started, um, obviously, anything to do with because I know people of the Resident Evil story and lore and things like that. We're not going to get in any of that. We're literally just going to talk about the gameplay, so we'll just keep it at that. Uh, but that opening sequence in the snow when you can't see, from that moment, I was like, shit, this is good. And the game, like, I don't know about you, but see that actual opening sequence when you're in the snow? You know when you've literally it's pitch black and you can't see anything. Yeah, that actually put me in mind a little bit of the start to Silent Hill two. I uh, uh, I guess or everything, um, everything goes a bit nuts, and you're just running. It's, <laughs> you don't, don't it's even... not. It's not even that. It's just, you know when you're, you know when you're going like when you first start Silent Hill two and you're walking towards the town, you can't really see too much, but you can hear things walking beside you yeah it was, it was doing that in village and i was like oh fuck is there something right beside me and i'm gonna turn around and it's gonna be right in my chops and i'm gonna fucking throw this controller through the roof i think that's one of the the best things uh about uh, and th th this was true with uh seven as well mm. is the sound design is really ah. really good and it's really like that, that's the main thing they use to make you unsettled um and, and just unsure you're always hearing wee creaks and rustles and, and things um uh, and you're like what was that and you say that that opening sequence 
I mean, I don't... Like, this is before you have any weapons or anything. You're probably not in any yep. danger. Or nothing's going to happen. It's all just... You, you kind of walking around, and then it gets darker and darker, and then things are rustling and noises all around you, and then you start running, and I... It's a... It's a really good... Uh, good opener good strong opener there for from the horror side of it um i would say though i would say this is maybe a bit less horror than seven um yeah i'd agree with that there it's there's definitely more combat um there's more enemies and the the whole thing really put me in in mind of um of resident evil 4 Did you get any of that? that like... Strong, oh, strongly agree from the moment. Um, I'm, see, I'm trying not to talk over you this week. I'm going to wait for you to finish and then, then I'll start speaking. <laughs> That's why I'm doing that. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not just going silent. But um, from the moment, like you say, you've no guns at the start. I think you have a... The first weapon you get, as always, is a pistol. Very much like Resident Evil 4, you're thrown into this absolute onslaught and you're not going to take everybody down. You just have to try and survive it until yeah. something happens yeah so so, so that's from the, that so resi 4 aye uh, that's that, that opening section resi 4 um yeah things just keep keep coming um and you just have to to hang in there until like in resi 4 obviously the bell rings and everyone fucks off um and the and they're so the, you know they, they throw and pretty much unbeatable enemy at that stage. Actually, oh, what the fuck? What the fuck was that thing? He's a big boy. He is a big boy. Him and his I've hammer. only seen him once since. Uh, so so he's like your um uh I will say he, he, he is a boss at one point. Um and he's just a big big ass lichen werewolf guy who's like Ten foot tall and and wields a big massive hammer. Um, he would sit pretty well in the world of Bloodborne. He would. I the, the lichens in general that that anime is does have a very Bloodborne look. Um, which Bloodborne being all about the beastmen. Yeah, mm. that kind of makes sense. Um, but I I think through it, the game there there's a lot of similarities to to Resident Evil Four. Um, which like kind of worried me for for a while because like Resident Evil Four is a good game. I enjoy playing it, but it's to me it's not really a Resident Evil game. No, um, I agree there. I, I I love Resident Evil Four, but I'll agree with you. It, it really changed up the the formula to a degree where it was like uh, this is this isn't even recognizable as as one of those games anymore. Um, but I think this does a good job of taking a lot of what Resident Evil 4 did really well. Um, like, just just that setting, that different setting, the wee village. Um, there's a big, the, the castle part in that, and, and sort of the, these really weird, like, weirder than had been in the series before, like weird characters. Um, and this brings that stuff in as well, but it still maintains that... It feels like a, a Resident Evil game, um, uh, as as did Seven. Even though like they changed the perspective and all, like uh, Seven had felt more like a Resident Evil game than 
you know, four or five or six. Um, just, um, just because of the, the certain things they did with the, the pacing, um, you know, you're, you're not, uh, the way you aim guns and that isn't, the, it's definitely, it's not a first person shooter. This ain't fucking Call of Duty. You're not running around, you know, 360 no scoping, um, <laughs> fucking boys. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think this does a good job of, sorry, marrying the the two the two eras those those two eras of Resident Evil as in you know their the original one two three Code Veronica and and then the the four five and six um, as I mentioned before there's there's definitely a lot more um, a lot more action in this than there was in seven um, you do get the the absolute hordes of enemies that you have to fight off at times um, but it it feels good doing that. Um, getting those headshots feels really good, and uh, yeah, it's I'm really happy with it. Big thing I would say, which I was glad was a big improvement over seven, was just the variety in enemy types. Because you know you've played through seven, all your enemies just look like big messes of mold. Yeah, different sizes. Whereas this, you've got your your sort of beast men, your lichens, you've got those weird flying things, you have the crazy sort of slavey vampire things down in the dungeon. You obviously have the the the, the, the infamous poster woman of the game as well. So you've got like this fantastic variety of enemies. You're not just shooting the same sort of moldy thing in the face over and over and over again. Mm. Um, so the enemy and just. Just you talking about the, the the gunplay and the aiming. Obviously, you know people here first person shooter. As you're saying, it's not Call of Duty. And the thing I think is so clever about the game is the Lycan men can just take a quick sidestep and it will fuck you up. Because you know you've been maybe sitting aiming for that wee one second, and they'll just it's so clever the way they do that as well. Or they'll sort of come in like side. They won't come tearing at you in a line. They'll come sort of down like a pincer movement. No, they, even the AI is actually quite clever when they do come at you in a horde. So the, the combat is really satisfying and fantastic. And it's just, a, as you say, perfect marriage of the Resident Evil action series and the Resident Evil horror series. Um, as we were saying before we started recording, there's that there's the, the action-y bits in the, the series. And then obviously, as I'm telling you, finished it, I haven't. But the part I'm at is completely horror-driven. Like, I am yeah. sitting up in my seat waiting to jump out of my skin. It's it's a perfect... I think, could this be, like, one of the top... And I think it could possibly be one of the best so far. Wow. Definitely, the, I, I know what the what part you're at now, and that is, that is where it gets into its most um, pure horror... Uh, they take all the guns off you, so you know you're not going to be doing any shooting or anything. Um, and I, I find that that part really terrifying. <laughs> I say it's it's a slow burn that section as well, because it um, for ages it's just uh, you're 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 going about doing these puzzles. It's kind of like in Seven, the, the where you get to the you you know the part where you do you have to do all the games and the different puzzles yeah. and you don't have your weapons yes. so it's, a, it's another section like that um yeah and uh, yeah the, I, I don't want to say anything to, to spoil any of it but um yeah it, it gets uh it gets worse oh jesus <laughs> that's, that's what the way I'll put it um 
and again, uh, like uh, even in in that 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 all takes place in one house, and the sound design, um, like all the creaks and. Um, That's the thing. There's so little sound in it. You're sitting in silence a lot of it, and then so when there is the tiniest little creak, you're like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Aye, it's um, uh, it's definitely really good. You're saying about the the aiming as well. Uh, one thing that that makes that a bit better is using a mouse and keyboard as controls. True. I didn't have too much <laughs> trouble with that. But the, yeah, the the way they they sway when they get close to you though, um, uh, you know, can it can throw you off. Um, uh, maybe think about playing through it on a different difficulty. Uh, maybe. Right I was th- I was thinking that myself at one point. I was sort of going, mm, "This is th- no." I get, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. There was a point where I was in the basement of the castle, and I'm pretty sure I had something like 90 handgun bullets. Yeah. I, like, Jesus Christ, I got indeed one, eight, a handful of those sort of slave vampires. I was down to like 10 bullets. The enemies in this are tough. Yeah. Will not go down in a bullet. They Definitely. are tough. Definitely bullets, Bungie. Um, I yeah, I find myself where, yeah, I would have loads of ammo at one point, and there was I sent you a, a picture at one point after a boss fight. <laughs> I, I had nine sniper rounds left, and that was it. Um, and that was that that section is really combat heavy, and I just never had enough ammo. And because of the way, um, like those, it's like we combat arenas. Um, like like you would have gotten four as well, um, and you have to keep moving, um, or you'll get overwhelmed. And like I would just find myself um, not even aiming a gun, just just dumping it into crowds, <laughs> you know, the whole fucking clip, just to firing as fast as I can, um, just to stay on top of it. Um, and th- th- I don't think that's not really something you saw in seven. That sort of you know here you're going into this this combat arena where we're going to throw waves at enemies and you kind of have to survive until some sort of condition is met um and yeah yeah it's 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 definitely done a thing uh done a something to change it up from seven which is which is a good thing Mm. Ah, you're just not playing the same game with a different skin again yeah um, the most combat-heavy bit in seven would have been uh, me as flashback when you're on the boat. Yeah, I think the most combat-heavy, but but other than that, there wasn't a lot. As you say, the most enemies you maybe had in seven was maybe two or three at once. Whereas uh, this, you can have maybe anything up to a half dozen, ten enemies coming at you. Yeah, I there there's some some points where it is that <laughs> they they are just trying to overwhelm you with numbers. Um, I uh, I don't know. Have you picked up a Magnum yet? I've picked up Magnum ammo. Yeah, I'm. I, I missed. So I, I will say there. There's there's two. There's two Magnums in this game. Uh, there's a, a semi-automatic and a revolver. I got the revolver. It looks really cool, and it's called Wolfsbane, which is a nice thing <laughs> to, to call it. With, in the context of the game. I never got the other Magnum. I don't know where it is. Uh, I think you were supposed to get it earlier than the uh, the revolver one. But yeah, I, I, I 
just never found it. Um, Believe it or not, uh, though, Colin, just you know, we're sitting and we're sitting praising it, and I won't, I'm not, again, I'm not going to get into this too much, but we're praising this game something. Sh- I mean, I absolutely love it. It has been getting mixed, the part mixed too positive, but most people are saying it's meh, and I'm sort of thinking I'm playing through this, going, where is the meh coming from? I I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I, I didn't really. <laughs> I stayed away from reviews and stuff because I knew I wanted to play it anyway. So, um... why? Well, that's what. That's what I, it's, I've just I've sort of seen the. You know when you've got your phone and the freaking things are popping up on it. You see, ah, oh, Resident Evil, mediocre, and you're like, what the fuck? He's up, fuck off. But I can, ha- as I say, I can hazard a, a guess or two why people are mad about it. But if that's if that's really the reason behind the mad, it's like, wise up, guys. <laughs> I'll explain. Was... I guess I. <laughs> if it was to say like um, like I mean, maybe it is because it is like it's a lot more action orientated than than seven, and I think seven grabbed people because of its its pacing and the you know the way it really leaned into the the horror more. Um, and I would probably say the seven definitely has stronger characters and. And story, the the, the story mm. in it is absolutely bonkers. It it's really really silly. See, I kind of like bonkers shit. Uh, but to me, if if you're gonna do a Resident Evil, you have to have a big silly story. Oh, yeah, it's, look it's, at some of the things that's happened in Resident Evil. Uh, and I I think uh, part of uh, trying not to get spoilery here, but um. They maybe try too hard to tie yep. the seven and eight stuff into the stuff that was before too much. Maybe I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> there's some points in the story you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> uh, and uh, um, some really big, big silly set pieces as well towards the end of the game. Uh, the last thing actually. I want to say, obviously on high-end PC I've got it in the PlayStation 5 graphically it's absolutely stunning, I oh, find yeah. yeah, 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 it looks really good um I was going to ask as well, like what what were your thoughts on the uh, the merchant the Duke so I have to admit, obviously I'm a huge fan of Fucking Mister, you know, I'll buy it at a high price. I fucking love that that guy. I know he's only ever been in one game, and he didn't do anything. But that guy is a Resident Evil legend, right? <laughs> so when well, I know, I know it's so stupid, but when they told me they were doing a merchant again, and I seen the Duke, I was like, "Holy shit!" Right? That being said, the Duke seems to be a lot more interactive with the main character. Than the merchant ever was with Leon, like yeah, he gives you this, story uh, exposition and stuff. Ah, uh, where the this merchant was flying around the world of Resi Four, selling Leon all these guns, and he he never explained. I think that's why everyone loved him. He never explained himself. He was just all, "I want money, and I'll give you guns." And you're like, "What the fuck are you, man?" He's like, "Ah, shut up. Here's some guns." Where the Duke sort of seems to have a point or a reason for doing what he's doing. So. I am warming up them. Uh, so uh, I was gonna say um, one thing 
that would be good about uh, being able to play that on PC. There's a there's a mod to replace him with the the Resi Four. No, no, you bastards! <laughs> really? Yep. Uh-huh. I have no idea how that would work. Um, <laughs> that would like... be so cool to see them. But um, the Duke's got a lot of dialogue. He does. I don't he's, know. he's actually a. Even I even enjoyed his introduction. Just sort of pops out of the, the back of the horse cart, and he starts. He, again, don't want to give too too much away, but he even explains to the main character what's going on and how he can save things and or save someone, you know, things like that. Where he thinks all is lost at all, and he's like, "No, no, if you do this, you can do this." And you're like, "Obviously, I haven't finished it, but I'm sort of thinking." This, this, there's, there's something behind this guy. Obviously, there's something in it for him. I don't know what it is, but there'll be something in it for him. Mm. <clears throat> Speaking of mods as well, there, there's one to replace the the enemies with Barney the dinosaur. <laughs> if, if that's your thing. Of course, there is. <laughs> nah, well, huh. you know, different people are going to like different things. I, sure. I enjoyed it a lot. I think it's fantastic. Can't wait to play more of it. So, probably as soon as we're finished this podcast, I will be flying back downstairs and firing it back on. Aye. Although I have to very quickly as well, I have to say uh, the load times on the PlayStation 5, there's, it's amazing. Mm. As soon as I press X, I am playing Resident Evil 8. Uh. I, 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 it's like one of the one of the few games that's properly implemented that PS5 sort of SSD technology. So as soon as you press play game, poof, your game's loaded and off you go. That to I, me is how it should be. I, I don't know what this is going to be, what this will be like on a PS4. And, and is it out on PS4? Mm. Or is it ever coming out on PS4? Oh, I, I, it's, it's out, it, it came out the same day and it's 45 frames a second. Really? That's not that bad. I have never seen a 45 frame in a second game. Well, it's above 30, okay. and that's, that's what you want. Uh, I think it's 45 it plays at. Um, but you can drop it down to 30 for higher texture resolutions. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, the, the, the big difference there, again, would be the, the number of enemies you got on the screen in comparison with, with 7. Um, which would definitely mm. push it a bit harder. I, well, I that's a good point as well. I... Mm. Well, that's uh, that's Resident Evil Eight. Then both me and you recommend it. I said I finished it, had fun with it. Yep, go buy it at the high price, <laughs> or just or pay, pay, pay <laughs> the normal price. Um. So another sort of release. Um, so we we had the season nine of is it nine? Yes, it is nine. Of uh, Apex is released and, and brought with it a new character as usual in Valkyrie, uh, which we spoke about last week or week before sometime. I know we talked about her before, but um, it also brought in the the new mode arenas, which is uh, the three-on-three three, uh, round-based. Um, so obviously we've been playing a bit of that. Um, what have you been... What are your thoughts on 
the arenas mode. Absolutely love it. I love the fact that uh, um, it's it's just you load up. Obviously, you have so much material, so you, you buy whatever you can afford. You just run forward and get into a fight straight away. And if you're down, you're down. No resurrections, no second chances. And it's like a sort of beat em up style. First to three. But it has to be a two tennis thing. Flavor yeah. Two. yeah, so there's so a, it's, a, a match point. five, and we were up to around nine the other night. <laughs> um, yeah, th- I think it's definitely the. This is a way for them to get players in who aren't into the Battle Royale stuff. Because um, this is, like, obviously it's smaller maps. Um, you're not on the, the full-on Battle Royale map. It's, it'll be, like, a place, like a, a, a section of um, the larger Battle Royale map that you're you're in. Um, and it's you're immediately getting in there to the action. Um, you get some... Of the, the the currency, the crafting material to to pick whatever guns you want. Um, in journey round, you can grab more craft material, so you'll have no more for the next round. So you can upgrade your guns or buy better guns, um, and you can buy uh, ultimate abilities, which you usually just get over time in the in the battle royale mode. Um, and yeah, it's it's definitely it's it's changed it up a bit. Um, it's good they just get in, um, have get straight into a fight, um, uh, instead of having to you know run around and pick up stuff and um, maybe not see anyone for a very long time. Um, like I, I still enjoy battle royale, but um, this just breaks things up. Like you, you might, you know, if you have a couple of bad games in the battle royale mode where you weren't doing very much and died immediately, you know, right? Let's jump over to arenas and we can um, actually get some action I, th- I think it's a it's a good mm. sort of arenas could be a good like warm up thing if you, you know you it's a good way in... to test out characters yeah true um, how they're going to do in a fight mm. now obviously there's some characters who some of their abilities might translate well into the arenas mode um, but Still get an idea of what that character can do. Yeah. And there's one character who seems to be absolutely vital in Arena's <laughs> mode. <laughs> True. Lifeline. Um, so a Lifeline is a medic type of character. Um, so she does have a uh, like a little robot that heals you. Um, but you have limited uses on that. Um, I think it's three. You can use it three times to start out with but you can buy more uses um but the big thing that sets her apart is her revive since normally a, a light reviving is a whole thing where you have to hold down a button and your card will go through an animation to get the other person up um with lifeline she just drops the robot on top of them and can run on and you will rarely see a team without a without a lifeline in it um which means I had to start picking lifeline as well. <laughs> <laughs> I have noticed, you know, as as you know, we've talked about before, caustic personal favorite character, love him to bits. But again, his ultimate is great for the arena's mode, but his his normal ability is just almost pointless because his ability is about covering your tracks or digging in, and the arena's just isn't about that at all. 
So I've had found myself sort of playing more with Rampart and making it the sort of final round and setting up a mini gun and just being a big pain in the arse while you two go in and just red people up. But it's a good tactic and it works. Yeah. It's inter- like like speaking of tactics, it's, it's interesting seeing at this uh, early stage where you're seeing a lot of people do the same thing. Um, it'll be good to see different tactics come out as as you go along. But a lot of people at the minute, there there's there's a point where a care package will drop on the map, and everyone sort of just makes a beeline to that and tries to hold the other team off until that drops, so they can get uh, better weapons. But I think as the as the rounds go on, that gets less uh, effective because mm. chances are the weapons you've bought, because you get more and more of the crafting material, you get better weapons. Chances are the weapons you have might be better than than what's in the care package anyway. Um, well, you know yourself, by the time you're on the final round or whatever, you're able to sort of pick what gun you enjoy using and you're able to fully mod it. You'll be able to probably be able to buy an ultimate ability and some healing stuff as well. So you don't really need your Spitfire with a bunch of healing materials and a gas grenade. You're sweet to go like. Yeah. Spitfire seems to be my go to at the minute just because it has it has a wee bit of range, but it's also full auto. Um, mm. So that it, it's good for the, the size of those maps. Um. I, one of one of my favorite things about it, though, is is just having that um, it's you versus them. There's no third parties. You're not uh, you're not finishing someone off and and having someone who was you know running towards your gunshots coming in just as you're trying to heal up and wiping you out. And I'm sure uh, there's a lot of people that play Apex <laughs> like arenas because of that. Because uh, there's definitely people out there that's like, that mm-hmm. is nah, it's just a fair one on one fight. Yeah. Some people don't like fighting fairly. They just want no, kills. we noticed. <laughs> this right, is so... the one mode as well where putting your opponent down is actually important. If you put them down, that's it, they're right. They're not getting up again. Whereas sometimes, you know, when you're playing the Battle Royale, someone's wasting time putting somebody down when you could be, you know, you need to get up or something like oh, no, that. You, so you... putting your opponent down is actually very important in this as well. Oh, do you mean killing them out? Right, the... uh, killing uh, them outright. Aye. So, aye. Once, they, once you down them, don't let them get... Uh, let their teammates get them back up again, you mean? Aye. Just... Just beat the fuck out until they're completely dead. Because <laughs> once they're completely dead, they're out of the round. They cannot be right anyway. That's why I usually keep like a flame grenade with me, so I'll just fuck out at their feet and run on. <laughs> I right, so the if if you've ever looked at Apex and found like you like the characters um, and you like the you know the you like the way Titanfall is always played with the the shooting and that, but you just don't like Battle Royale, well, now's your chance to give it a go without Battle Royale. And it's free. It's still completely free. Yep. Yep. Uh, so you can give that a whirl. Mm. Um, so just very quickly, one other thing. Um, I just remembered this. I didn't say to you before. Um, you know of the, the website Giant Bomb? Game yes. Website? 
Um, yes. It's one of my go-to websites for, for game stuff. They don't really do news and stuff. It's more uh, video features and, and podcasts. Um, I've been watching it, uh, watching their stuff and listening to their podcast since it uh, started, which was something like 12 years ago or something. Um, well, this week there was some shitty news. The um, Most of the guys in there are leaving. Um, so you know was, uh, the, the website was started by a guy called Jeff Gersman, who used to work at the very famous site GameSpot. Um, there was some yeah. controversy. He got fired um, around a certain game. Uh, he may have given a bad review score to you. Yep. Uh, advertising stuff. A game issues. that deserved it. <laughs> um, and he started this website and he got a bunch of people over from uh, uh, GameSpot. So you had uh, Brad Shoemaker, uh, Vinny Caravella, and Alex Navarro. Now, they those three guys haven't been there since the start. Brad Shoemaker has. Um, but all three of them said that that they're they're moving on this week, and it's it's like I don't know if they, like if anyone listens to this that's ever listened to Giant Bomb, you'll you'll know that it was like a punch to the gut. Eh? Um, it's something you've been listening to and familiar with those guys for for so long, and now like mm. the the only guy left there now that's been there from the start is is Jeff, and you're you're wondering what's this going to be. Um, and one of the things I always loved about their stuff is, is you know how, like some podcasts and, and video stuff on game websites, it's all very forced and you know put on. It's like those guys are always like real. If if you get, I mean, you know the, the like, yeah, as the, as they were talking, yeah, they, they genuinely talked like mates do about yeah. games. Aye, aye, exactly. Uh, th- that's a hundred percent up. Um, and you know, they got themselves a, a following. So stuff's happened where the, they like GameSpot, which in, includes them now. Um, that's a whole other thing, but, um, it was CBS, the big American, um, TV company, I guess that owned them and they sold all their online gaming stuff to this other company. Um, um, I don't want to say that's the reason why this happened, but it's weird timing um mm. yeah so like you know i wish all those guys the best and yeah it's it's hard to imagine like giant bomb without those guys because they just they've just been there for so long and um maybe that is the reason why they wanted to stop doing it They're but i'm like, sure whatever they go on to do you'll if they go on to do something similar i'm sure you'll follow that would you not yeah, I'd probably check out what they do, but like, uh, if they were going to do something similar, I, c- I couldn't see why why they would leave in the first place. But um, mm. it'd be interesting to see what happens next, because um, Jeff Gersman put out a, like a, a statement around it saying like Giant Bomb isn't going away, but it will be changing, and he's been speaking to what he called creators about stuff. So who knows what he's he's going to do next? Mm. Um, but I, it's just just a bit of a fucking shit one. It's like here's uh, the they, there's two podcasts like the the giant bombcast and the what they call the beastcast because they had a some of them were in San Francisco and some of them were in New York so they they sort of did separate stuff and then would do stuff together as well sometimes. Um, but it's like 
yeah, that that's not going to be... I'm sure those podcasts will still go, and I'll still listen to them. Um, yeah, it's going to be really different. Do you think, when we finally call it a day, that there'll be another wee podcast out there talking, Oh, the Evil G podcast called it a day, and this is like a... I don't think they'll be upset when we finally call it a day. Or like, what podcast is finished? I never heard of that. <laughs> or they might just go, thank fuck they stopped. Thank <laughs> fuck they stopped. <laughs> I kept listening, but thank fuck they stopped. Yeah, people do hate listening to things. Or hate yeah, watching. Yeah. We all know do a very famous J- one. JR's podcast? I've never listened to JR's. Uh, no, wait, I, have, I find it tough to listen to JR's podcast. I love JR, but his podcast, it can be tough. Oh, that that was his old podcast. His okay, the the one he does now, grilling JR, is is with uh Conrad Thompson, the guy that does all the wrestling podcasts, basically. Oh, okay. Um, so he, he has him there to guide him through stuff, but it's it's always funny, JR going mad at boys on, on the internet, um, because they take stuff out of, out of his <laughs> stuff he said in the podcast and uh put it up out of context and all and um people giving him you know criticizing for things he's like why the fuck are you listening then don't listen (laughs) go away that's um it's funny i mean you talk of wrestling and you talk about hate watching hate listening sure you've got the fucking johnny cornetto you know he fucking hates AEW, but he watches it every week so he can complain about it like like why it's does do you think he actually watches it do you reckon he does well, he claimed the, that I would I would say he does because after Stadium Stampede last year, he claimed wrestling was dead and he was never going to watch anything to do with AEW. And yet, can weeks later, he was talking about how great FTR was in their match against such and such, and you're like, I thought you weren't watching it anymore. So he clearly does watch it, watches it so he can hate on it, so all his wee fucking followers can go, Ah, Johnny Cornetto said this was shit, this was shit. That's like. Uh, Johnny Cornetto's still watching it, so he's giving Tony Cam viewing, so fuck off. <laughs> Johnny Cornetto. <laughs> That's what I'm calling him from now on. Johnny Cornetto. Because real name. Uh, hang on. Jim Cornette. Thank you. <laughs> I had to think. <laughs> Johnny Cornetto. That's how Man, he's, he's, he's not worth your time. No, I, I, I just um, don't pay him any mind, hey? I know it's like if you're into wrestling, it's it's it can be hard to avoid sometimes because he always pops up as, as you know a shitty text pop does he up keep somewhere. Ca- fucking dickhead thumbnail keeps popping up on my YouTube, and it's like <laughs> I don't want to know what Johnny Cornetto thinks. Do you know, just like you know block his channel? That's I, what I, I, try, I keep trying do it and it keeps finding ways around it. Like it's not him uploaded; it's some other fucking version of him uploaded it or something, and you're like. <laughs> It's so bad that you need about five different channels to upload the same thing five times, you cunt. But anyway, enough about Johnny Cornetto. Uh, that's a good segue. So we're talk that's about a good segue later. into this week's wrestling. Um, uh, so what do we got here? Uh, I got a couple of things first that um, mm. you're not going to like this. Okay. But it's about Daniel Bryan. <laughs> right. Uh, so Daniel Bryan. Oh no, may... I don't. Very quickly, sorry. I don't actually don't like Daniel Bryan. I just say that to annoy Burnsy. Ah, the old troll. I actually have no problem with Daniel Bryan. I just, I just troll Burnsy because Burnsy keeps saying it. Burnsy talks about him like he's the greatest thing on earth, and that probably annoys me, <laughs> and that's why I call him shit around. So 
Sorry, that's what that's about. Um, hope he listens to this and then he'll he'll catch on. But anyway, <laughs> probably don't fall for it. Um, so Daniel Bryan, as you know, like you have to give him his he is probably the guy most responsible for changing the way wrestling was looked at and giving, you know, smaller guys a chance on, mm-hmm. you know, bigger stages. Mm-hmm. Um, he may have, he, he may have left WWE because uh, on SmackDown this week, he had a, a match with Roman Reigns, um, which was the loser leaves SmackDown, <clears throat> which he lost. But also, there's reports out that his contract has expired also. Um, and on the website, WWE's website, they've moved him to the alumni section. So they don't have him as an active uh, talent on there. Oh, shit. But the, it could all be some some angle they're going with. Mm. Um, you know, they did this happened with CM Punk as well. Um but uh, yeah, there's reports out there as well. Like, there's all rumors yet that they're they're pushing hard to get him to sign a new contract. But he has said that he that he wants to do things in other places. Um, mm. You know, there's reports out there that he that he really wants to do something in Japan. Yeah, I've um, heard I've heard that one for a long time. He, yeah, he's always wanted to go to Japan. So. But yeah, I, I just thought that that was a. Uh, <laughs> that was a thing worth bringing up there, because cause that um, I'm not saying it's like uh, you know every guy that that leaves WWE that that you like uh, has to go to AEW like, but I'd I'd be happy to see him show up in New Japan um, and have a few matches uh, just to just mm. to see him now do his own style of match outside the, that WWE style um, that you. That you kind of get boxed into in WWE, um, but just give him the like the freedom. It's like you saw what happened with John Moxley after he left WWE, um, and the 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 guy would just fucking came alive and was, you know, is was he Wrestling Observer's like Wrestler of the Year two years in a row or some shit? Yes. Not that, that that's just a guy's opinion, but like uh, it's it's kind of deserved in, in Moxie's part. But it would it would be nice to see uh, Brian, with, you know, getting towards mm. the end of his career, do do a, a run outside of WWE where he he's made that name for himself, um, and uh, a lot more people are going to see what he can do outside that. Um, but people should really go back and watch what he did in Ring of Honor as well, because yeah, he's 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 fucking he's one of the best. He, he definitely is, um, and it, it, <laughs> it'll be exciting to, to he see. Is, he's really good. Um, yeah, be exciting to see what he does, and also disappointing when he resigns, which is probably going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I have a small bit of news. Go. So, as you know, I was a massive fan of Lucha Underground. Oh. And the owner, well, owner, quote unquote, you know, person that, you know, owned it in the show, it was called Dario Cueto. Yeah. Who was meant to be basically the devil. Well, on a show that I don't watch, but I got. He was basically meant to be the Spanish devil. Oh, wait, was he El Diablo? 
It was El Jefe Diablo. Oh. Hero Devil, apparently. Okay. <laughs> um, but on a show I've never watched called MLW, they Oh, yeah, Major had, League Wrestling, yeah. They had Dario Cueto show up at the end, talking about his new temple. Ah. Mm-hmm. So is, is, is that going to be like a, a direct Lucha Underground thing, or is that just MLW? Apparently... I don't know. They're not calling it Lucha. They're calling it Azteca Underground. Right, so it probably isn't directly connected to any of the Lucha Underground stuff then? Well, the guy that owns MLW has said that they can't use the name Dario Cueto uh, because AAA owned that name because AAA actually owned Lucha Underground. Uh-huh. So he did come out and he says uh, he he's going to be the same type of character, but we have to give him a different name. So... It's just pretty cool that this guy who literally had no wrestling experience, by the way, this guy was literally just an actor who they hired because they had that look and the voice. Mm-hmm. And he won a bunch of awards for like best non wrestling He was fucking excellent, so he was. But uh, he's done, obviously, he's made that name for himself that a wrestling company has approached him. But, you know, it'll be a whole new thing you're doing. But apparently the first time you see him, he sacrifices someone to a god and you're like, Yes, this is amazing. <laughs> but they obviously, he obviously won't have his his baby brother, who I was a big, big, big fan of. So no, or maybe maybe he might. I don't know. Uh, he's too busy helping Will Osprey take over New Japan. Was that what he's doing? Oh, fuck yeah, right. he's he's part of Will Osprey's. Um, oh, what do you call him again? Common dynasty uh, or something. Uh, oh. something to do with comment. I can't remember the name of his his group, but but yeah, he he's part of Jeff Cobb is is part of that group. Um, you're just getting matches with him and fucking oh, Shingo right. beating the shit out of each other. So. I think he, he's good where he is. He's doing good stuff. Oh, uh, he's he, he is happy as Larry over. There. He says himself that was his big thing. I've right, seen him so, do a couple of AEW appearances again, but I, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't wish him to do something he doesn't want to do. So, on to this week's Dynamite. So this was a big one. This was Blood and Guts. <laughs> this was the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. The pineapple. The pineapple. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So they had announced where the entire show was just going to be the one match, which it. They then changed their mind on, which was probably the right thing to do because yep. you can't have a two-hour-long match. Come on, guys, that's mm. that's not good for anybody. Um, no, I don't care how fit Sammy Guevara is. <laughs> but yeah, let's just run down the the card here. Um, so our opener match this was made last week, where uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston got uh, you know held Kenny Omega's leg hostage till they get a match <laughs> against. Kenny and uh, M.T. Nakazawa, as he's going by now. Um, so th- this was more of Kenny just being that dastardly, cowardly heel again, because they, they send out Nakazawa and say, Kenny, Kenny can't be arsed. And then when John Moxley and Eddie Kingston finally come out, uh, Omega jumps him. Um, and then we, we, we have our, our match. Um yeah, the, the 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 whole thing of this was was about 
Kenny being a an arsehole, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and leaving poor Nakazawa to the Wolves. Who got absolutely decimated. Uh, so, he, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he has a match for a while and then just gets fucked off and leaves. Leaves Nakazawa in there, so so Moxie and King someone. But then the uh, the Young Bucks came out, um, and the Good Brawlers came out, and just destroy Moxie and Kingston. Then Omega comes out and gives a, a one-winged angel to Kingston. So, yeah. Um, yeah, more Kenny being an asshole. Um, just to skip ahead, because this is related, uh, what do you think about the aspect of getting... Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega for the title. This has to happen. I uh, know. We have to have an Orange Cassidy Kenny Omega match. That that'll be unreal. And for the title, to, no. Who would have thought? For, uh, who would have thought? Uh, Orange Cassidy, the guy the first time you seen him in AEW in that battle royale, gets in the ring and does his lazy kicks, and everyone's like, "What the fuck's going on?" And now he's being talked about to be their world champion. Like that's that's amazing and yeah, that sort of shit will have uh, Johnny Cornetto spinning in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> in a good way. In a um, good way. Uh, yeah, so that that was a, like later on the night where Kenny came out, um, did the the promo. So they're having a match next week between Pac and Orange Cassidy for the number one contenders point uh, spot. And, uh, yeah, Kenny's basically saying, uh, assuming that he's going to be facing Pac until Orange comes out. Um, but more more really good heel stuff from, from Mega as, as well. Um, he, he's he's in his element with that shit. Really is. Mm. And it's... it's ah, he is. It's, I'm even a, a boxer in their element as well. Oh, I They love it. Um and it's it's different from what they did in Japan. Or he's there. And, you know, it's not the cleaner. It's it's all different. Uh, and I love that the fans actually boo them. It's like, like, don't be that smart mark bullshit. We're I'm gonna cheer the bad guy because they're good. It's like, no, they want you to boo them. That's yeah. why they're being assholes. Um, I, as you were saying, he's not. What he's not the the cleaner. What he's the collect the belt collector. Belt that's what collector. he is now. <laughs> uh, so next match we had was uh, Cody Rhodes uh, versus QT Marshall um, so QT obviously broke off from Cody Rhodes Nightmare Factory and betrayed him uh, he's taken a bunch of the students yeah I guess so what, uh, from Nightmare Factory and started his own factory with blackjack and hookers and <laughs> so this was but uh, forget the blackjack <laughs> So this was Cody getting his hands on him, um, and this is probably a better match. I, I, I'm gonna be honest; I, I don't like QT that much, but this thing he's been doing has has sort of made him made me come around on him a, a bit. It was a good match. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, Although I have one question: what happened at the end of Cody's eyeball? I don't know. Just bleeding all of a sudden. I don't know if he bladed or if he got hit. There's no reason for him to blade. He no. was doing a figure four, fine, and then after the figure four, his eyeball was pissing blood. I was like, 
Maybe, maybe it's just not. Maybe it's just not Ric Flair spot. You know, like head toss. <laughs> Ric Flair's bleeding. Armbar. Ric Flair's bleeding. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this wasn't live, so there may have been something cut out there at some point. Where you're, you're absolutely right. The first hour of blood and guts. Well, the, everything before the blood and guts match, pre-recorded. Right. Uh, the interviews with Hero and Kenny and the blood and guts match were the live event. Right, right, right. Uh, oh, that's there. You go. So unless something happened there where he he, he started bleeding. Um, Emma. Yeah. So good match. Good, Cody, good rivalry, yeah, Bolton. Yeah. Cody won, um, and then Anthony Agogo gets in and punches Cody in the punches stomach. Punches him. <laughs> and then, then drips he. Dirty punch. Did he actually get a USA chant after doing that? The the whole flag thing. I think so. I think so. He's he's burying people now. The, the Union Jack because obviously he is as British as they can. Although I am not gonna lie, see the fact that they've got him with the rolled up sleeves and the 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 fucking suspenders and that oh, oh what do you call it? braces braces ah same thing and we had that's is it okay and they're clearly going for that look so they are just they're the old London gangster and after it it's a pretty cool look ah but what's he gonna be like when he like, he's a boxer, like an actual boxer. Can yeah. he wrestle? No. Who knows? He's had one match so far, and it was. I, I get that his uh, match was the same as his running. He just punched the guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so next match was uh, Britt Baker versus Julia Hart. This is just a squash match because Britt's um, Britt will be challenging for uh, Hakara Shida's. AEW Women's Championship at Double or Nothing. Um, so, way to make Britt look good. That's gonna be good. Britt's got she's gone that... a long way since that the early days of uh, AEW. Like just how how much better she is in the ring. Like less clumsy you see... and she, she. You can see it in her. Uh, she's she's had a couple of bad sort of <laughs> bad luck things where like the broken nose. Which happened last time she fought Cheetah. Um, and then the, the leg thing, um, which yep. wasn't really anybody's fault, but it's just bad luck. Um, but hopefully she can keep this, keep it together for this, um, and we get a good match at the end of it. And next, we had the four way tag team eliminator match. Um. Multi-man tag matches are always a bit weird. I don't know. That was all right, though. It, it was grand, I kind of but... knew who was winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the like the main story here is like SCU, uh, uh, Frankie Kazarian, and Christopher Daniels have said if the next time they lose, uh, like this is ages ago they said this. Next time they lose, they're done as a tag team, um, and they haven't lost since. So they were always winning this. Sorry. Um, do you think they're gonna beat the Bucks? Because they they when they get a, a shot at the Bucks. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, this is what they have to do now. So they get to a match against the Bucks this coming Wednesday, but it's not for the titles. They have to beat them first, and then they get their title shot. 
Uh. So what I believe is going to happen here is SCU will win this, and the title shot will be a double or nothing. I don't like that. <laughs> That's because I, you know where it's going. No, no, I, I don't. I have never liked the idea of you have to beat the champion first to then challenge yeah. him again. It's a heel thing, though. But, it's but, a heel thing. Yeah, yeah. In, in this instance, it, it is the young mugs being dickheads, which yeah, is, it's like, I guess, is fine in this this instance. If you're, but like WWE used to do that all the time, and mm. not as part of a, a character being a healer, not um, just for the sake of having it. Yeah. Uh, just for a way to rationalize someone getting a shot. It's like, oh, you beat the champion. It's like, don't do that. Because then you've already... Like, the title match is gone already. You've done it, Aye. and then you have to do it again. So, um, But uh, you, you're probably right. Uh, they're probably not going to take the titles off them, but they, they will beat them uh, for that, that shot. Um, and then... Came, uh, we already spoke about the promo from Kenny, uh, and then the, the Blood and Guts match itself. Um, so, Blood and Guts, uh, this is uh, old school WCW War Games match where it's two rings inside a big cage, um, two men enter, and then at regular intervals, uh, one man from each team will enter, taking turns about. And the only way to win is once everyone's in the ring. You either have to make some one of the opponent team tap out or actually surrender. Um, yeah, and that's what happened. So, I don't know about you, for, for me, this, this started out really strong. Um, it did. Some really good stuff from uh, uh, one of FTR. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Dax! I, I heard that man got cut way too hard and he had to basically stay out of the match was that, the other one was that cash wheeler the not cash, bald yes. one yeah he was the not bald really one. heavily um some something went wrong and because if you notice that no he didn't you didn't see him if you think about it you didn't see him that like 90 percent of that match like hmm. he was not on camera at all he got a really, really bad cut. Something, I don't know if he bladed too hard or something, but he was basically told, you're done, you lie down. Right. That explains things. But So for me, I enjoyed this match. I really did enjoy the match. I thought, um, like, Sammy was doing some crazy <laughs> shit. Um, FTR really good in it as well. Um, uh, I thought... They did a really good job. Well, like once everyone got in the ring, they done that big face-off part, and then all ran at each yeah. other. That was really cool. Um, they tore up the fucking canvas. Yep. They slammed people directly on the wood. They took the ring apart and hit people with bits of the ring and all. And it was the the kind of thing that you want out of this match. But then it, it, it felt was like, a spectacle. Yeah, but then it felt like when once you got to near the end, I well, oh, shout out to Santana Ortiz as well because they they did really well. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, inner circle really like started to dominate, um, and really kick the shit out of uh, everyone in in uh, Pinnacle. Um, but then I thought that towards the end, where they're starting to do the the Jericho and um, MJF stuff, 
were going up to the the roof and all. I think it like it really slowed down. It's like people sort of ran out of things to do, um, and they were just sort of spinning their wheels till I, they got to the two hour mark and do the finish. I I honestly think what may have happened. This is me guessing. There maybe may have been plans for a few things, but your mom was maybe just so badly beat up they had to. Yeah. Now that, now that you bring that up, I'd like um, that could be a thing that happened. It was the more, yeah, he he waited I, a bit too hard, and for safety's sake, they decided. Um, Apparently, he was absolutely pissing. Hey, well, blood. did you see the ring? Blood. Especially the the right hand I, ring was really I, bad. Like it was, it was like re- holy shit. Like you're I, talking, and you know, it was mostly him. You're talking Eddie Guerrero versus um, JBL. Levels of blood where, uh, where Eddie like cut himself too deep and fucking the ring looked like a murder scene. I think he uh, had to get a transfusion after that match. Um, he bled a lot, and and this maybe not as bad as that, but it was still pretty fucking bad. Um, it's just really close. <laughs> I just want to um call out as well the um was it Santana or OT? I think it was Santana with the fork. Yeah, oh, fucking Ab- Abdullah the Butcher spot, eh? <laughs> I like that. That's that's real old school stuff, there. They fork. Uh, um, I have to a, a quick shout out as well for the whole inner circle get up. Come on, oh, yeah. the prison out for him. Yeah, and they all had the name of a prison from their hometown on their back. Um, that was fucking class. Yeah. Um. One thing about the the fork spot though, just to quickly go back, to that, it's like why did MGF blade before getting hit by the fork? I, I don't know. I was, <laughs> was wondering. It was just like he's bleeding. Let's bleed him again. <laughs> um. Yeah, we also have a pretty cool part with Wardlow facing off against everybody. Um, I know you said uh, you would have wanted maybe a bit more of Wardlow <coughs> wrecking yep. people. Oh, that's just me personally. I'm a big, I'm a big Wardlow fan. Yeah, my type of guy, big athletic, just power house. If you were a singlet, you'll get my vote. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, all in all, um, enjoyable match. Uh, as you said, it was a spectacle. Um, lots of old school shit to like there. Um, maybe not paced the best, but maybe there was a reason for that. Um, oh, one other thing that I'll I'll just call out, just so no one can accuse me of ever being an AEW show. Um, the end spot with the <laughs> Jericho getting thrown off the cage, uh, landing on the stage Aye. and going through it, uh, and you could clearly see that what was supposed to be uh like a metal stage was actually yep. plywood. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, can, you can see all the cushioning below it as yeah, well. Yeah, and a, a crash map below it. Now, I am not saying that you throw the 50-year-old Chris Jericho <laughs> off the cage onto concrete. That is not exactly. what I'm saying. <laughs> but there is camera trickery you can do <laughs> to make that yes. look less quote-unquote fake. Not fake, he still jumped off a thing and threw bits of wood in on the crash map. Like, right. that's, not, that's not something that normal person should do. But no, I, the the big thing, like you say, is the idea was obviously so obviously the pinnacle win by MJF threatening I surrender or I'm throwing Chris Jericho off the top of the cell. So 
the inner circle surrender and the pinnacle win. And obviously, MJF's picking up, you know, uh, Jericho and fans are starting to go mad. MJF even looks at them and sort of gives them like the calm down, calm down motion. And then he fucks Jericho off the top of the cell anyway. And Jericho crashes through the... Through the... Crash you know, plywood thing. What this was... Crash my plywood thing. Um, <laughs> as you say, if they had had that camera the right way, that would have looked a lot better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the boat, the fact they kept zooming right into Jericho, it's you like, could literally see everything. Look at this plywood. <laughs> that, as you say, though, you know, nobody wants to throw a 50-year-old man off the top of a cell on the fucking metal or concrete. It's like, you have to, you have to, you you're, you're putting on a show for people, but you still have to think of a 50-year-old man's safety. <laughs> yeah. And I know some people would have thought, well, why, why did not throw somebody else off? The point is, it was the leader of one of yeah. the factions. Yeah, the they're like the uh, MJF held yeah. Jericho hostage, threatened to throw him off. Sammy Guevara surrenders because he doesn't want Jericho to throw off, and MJF, being the shit he that he is, throws him off anyway uh, after he's won the match. Um... I'll oh, point out, though, very quickly, Darby Allen down the stairs earlier in the show <laughs> didn't look fun. Darby Allen yeah. got thrown down a concrete no. set of stairs. No, and do you know what the worst thing about that was? You know what the worst thing about all that is? He's actually unhappy about the spot because he was meant to get down all the stairs. <laughs> Ever the professional. He's, re- he's really unhappy with himself that he ran out of momentum. So a crazy look back on his career once he retires in two weeks. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Stu, I think we have a show. I think that's it. Uh, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Can you not hear me? Have I disappeared? No, you disappeared there for a second. Like, oh, I okay. I thought I was going to close this thing out. And said, well, there's nothing. Oh, no, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> there are... Uh, well, there's nothing left to, to say, but um, that's our show. Yeah, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week for wrestling and games and stuff. Um, whatever happens in this next week. So, if you have any spare pants, you can send them my way. Yep, Stu needs pants. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm going to need a lot of pants. <laughs>